Welcome to the Geomologist Presents. I guess I wanted to try to do things a little different going forward. I wanted to, I have like a backlog of products that are just sitting in boxes or wrapped up that I want to get to and open, but I don't want to do like a giant unboxing episode. And I think I would like to maybe do a shorter kind of once a week and have bi-weekly podcasts but once a week one of the podcasts will be to open one of these products and dive into it and I think to start I'm going to do that I'm going to discuss warlock number 35 and I get this as part of being a patreon of cobalt press so I'm at the seven dollar level with cobalt press and with that seven dollar level I get um, occasional patron-only call for requests, a print booklet of Warlock, and digital posters and wallpapers, other elements from the $1 to $5 tiers, uh, which include like a PDF adventure here and there as well, as well as the Warlock uh, magazine or zine. So if I, if there's an $11 and a $23 one, and the $23 one looks, the $11 one, I don't see the difference actually. But uh, in the $23 one, there is an annual Warlock Grimoire, which puts all the grimoires from the past 12 months together in an occasional guidebook. So that might be something to look into. But right now, I just do the $7, and I'm, I'm, I love it. I love that I get like a little zine. And this month's zine is called Priesthood. It's Warlock number 35. There are three articles within it. They are called The Deep Divine Masks of the Priesthood by Tim Hitchcock. Servants of the Gods, Faith in the Crossroads by Sebastian Rombach, and Divine Interventions, Rewards of the Faithful by Rajan Khanna. So this is very interesting. I love, I ta we talked about this in the Cerebral War episode from April 15th. Uh, myself and the other panelists, DJ Boyd, I believe was there, Arlen Walker, um, I think Joe Richter and Jason Connerly, are the various podcasts that I know you all listen to. But in Cerebral War, we talked about deities and religion in your tabletop rpg games and one thing i did bring up that i loved about cobalt press's midgard setting is the aspects of masks and in the masks what they are is like there's different manifestations of a deity that exist in the world so within the game world while priesthoods might accept that a deity could possess alternate manifestations i'm reading this from the the article by tim hitchcock the idea of a divine mask is a little more than a fringe topic in theological discourse. But that doesn't mean that characters can't explore the deep mysteries of their faith, bringing them perhaps to even unknowingly the doorstep of one of their deities' masks. So, so the thing is, gods, right? Gods exist differently, and they have they give you rules on how to have a divine mask. And there are various gods, and I'll give you an example in here. Uh, there's a spell imbued divine mask. Masks. They talk about masks in your in your game. So in a way, it's a way for you to have mechanically two different deities, although they are the same deity, but exist in different aspects. And mechanically, what that does is it gives you two access to two domains, uh, two primary domains. You just switch them. You cannot have them at the same time, but you switch them. Now, there are re there's a table for reasons why you might assume a mask. I think the one that's the most interesting is 
your, the worship of your deity is shunned or despised by the dominant culture, and you assume the divine, divine mass to covertly continue your services to the priesthood and other followers of your faith. So there could be a clandestine reason for that. There's a random table of six different reasons, um, but you can choose, of course. There's unintended consequences if you do this mask thing. Um, and, and they give you, like, what I, great, what I think is great, they give you sample mask priesthoods of Midgard. So I think one of the most interesting ones, I mean, there's three. They do the Go to the Woods, Hecate, and Loki. So Loki, what's very interesting, um, is a, Loki is a great deity here in the article to use to build a masked priesthood. As a trickster god, he changes his appearance, never manifesting as expected. So it totally works with the mask idea. But there are different gods that he can portray, or the mask can portray. The player playing the priest of Loki can perhaps be his aspect as Baal, Turnabog, Sarastra, Top Hermes, or Veles. Veles might be the most interesting because Veles is a Midgard serpent. So as you know in Norse mythology, that there is a relationship between Loki and the Midgard serpent. So, um, so I think it's a very cool article. It's something that I would really encourage and try to get faith back into your game um, in 5e. But you could really adapt this, I think, uh, to any, any game just taking that idea of masks and that there are, there's a single entity, though it is represented in your world as different deities by the faithful. So I think, and then, you know, you can have this changing in aspects. So you could go from, for example, uh, while they talk about Loki, uh, Loki having the trickery domain, uh, you could, um, you could attune with Chernobog to the apocalypse domain or to Sarastra, who is a goddess of the shadow fae and illusion to travel, right? So you could switch around your domains as your, your secondary domain during that aspect. So the next article is called, is the servants to the gods, faith in the, in the crossroads. And I thought it was really neat. They talk about polytheism in Midgard. There's a little um, sort of short mini article within the article about polytheism in Midgard. Talk about hard polytheism, which is defined by a solid belief that each deity is separate and distinct. But then soft polytheism is somewhat easygoing. Individuals who practice this type of faith believe that the divine beings fill a more archetypical, 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 archetypal, I can't pronounce that word, archetypal role in accordance with their moral conditions or beliefs rather than rigid definitions. So I think it's a pretty interesting way of looking at religion and, and maybe incorporating it more into your, into your game by, ha you know, by having both those ideas of a, the hard polytheism where, you know, very typical traditional D&D uh, &D type games, but a soft polytheism where, you know, maybe the person is uh, skeptical um, about, about the gods and could be a bit agnostic, but sees things happen and miracles happen in the world. And so maybe all these gods exist, but uh, do I worship them? Eh, if they do something for me, right? So then they talk about religions in the crossroads. And then what I thought is kind of neat game-wise is they have... Um, they introduced something called the clergy of the Carrefour faith, so like a small a cabal of, of clergy, of um, allied clergies that uh, make sure that they all keep to the same, I, I don't know if it's ideals, but they make sure that their clergy don't step on other clergy and uh, act within, I guess, the laws of the land, which is interesting. Uh, for that, they have a new divine domain called the Oath Domain, then they have a new, a new oath, a new, a new order of uh, paladins, order of the unbridled waves, and they have a new oath of tides for that, which looks pretty interesting. Uh, new different spells, 
different ways to channel divinity, et cetera. Then they have something called Servants of the Storm Lords and a Thunderbolt Monastery, so they add another monastic tradition way of the storm. And then at the end of the article, a, a few different uh, new rites uh, spells, so Bless Feast, Excel Spirits, and then they give like a list of different holy orders for the different face of the crossroads. So, um, so it's kind of, it's pretty cool. Um, uh, they do have a Sanctify Land ritual as well, which is, is good. Then lastly, the article as divine interventions, rewards for the faithful. So this one has, you know, kind of takes the, the faithful or different gods and goddesses and um, has like magic items or blessings that they can uh, give you. So blessings are generally used limited, limited use powers and abilities that God grants. Magic items, of course, self-explanatory than spells that the gods may have. So they have Bastet. Um, let me look at some of these magical items. Um, let's see. A conjure cat spell from Bastet for you cat lovers. Cores, uh, uh, his their worship is in decline, but they have blessings like blessings like radiant weapons. Um, Loki has some Loki's ear serpent, a blessing. As a bonus action, you can sing a simple melody or speak a simple phrase that works its way into the ears of a nearby creature, enabling you to affect its mind. Interesting, very much like Loki whispering into your ear. Um, so pretty interesting. There's other, uh, any, see, Nakresh, of course, with uh, Nakresh being a dark god, monkey familiar, the gloves of Nakresh, um, oh, which help you to maybe steal things sort of uh, without people realizing, wall of hands, and of course, Ninkash, uh, maybe my favorite, favorite magic item here in the book, the bottomless tankard. While beer is meant to be consumed and not kept for long periods of time, this tankard allows you to store multiple varieties of beer and other liquids. Five magical runes inscribed upon the tankard. If you pour a liquid into the tankard and press one of the runes, it's transported to an extra-dimensional space, and then you can drink it over and over again. Toast of the Goddess. When you cast a spell, you can create six full tankards of beer or ale. I love it. Uh, Ninkash is uh, one of my favorite. The goddess is the goddess of beer. Um, that exists in the Midgard world. So it's a pretty cool zine. Um, I will say, you know, they really have nice, nice art um, throughout. It's a black and white art. The covers are, are fascinating. Uh, black and white the line drawings. Um, always very, very nice. Very high quality. And it's a it's a zine. It's only, you know, uh, twenty eight. Well, twenty seven pages. The last page being the OGL, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really enjoy this. Hey, I know that I know at Dragon's Lair I bought, since I'm not a patron that gets the Grimoire, I did buy the uh, annual Grimoire at Dragon's Lair um, within the last few months. So look at your gaming store and see if they might have the Warlock Grimoire. It's definitely a lot of neat tidbits, specifically for Midgard and 5e, but uh, I know you savvy GMs out there can, um, can make it your own and use it for your own world. Well, that's it. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. And that's, I guess, I don't know what I want to call it. If I put out on Mondays, I want to say Manic Mondays, but that's a bangle song. Magazine Mondays, but that doesn't really encompass all the types of printed material that I could talk about. So I'm soliciting names for this segment or this type of uh, extra, extra podcast. Yes, I know I'm inspired by Jason Connerly. Thank you, because he's doing like reviews on that come out on Sundays of various products. But I think this is a way to help me uh, go through my products in detail. 
of things that I've been getting recently. Um, so uh, there you go. It's kind of like an unboxing, but not an unboxing because I talk in a little detail about the product. I hope you enjoy. I hope you take inspiration. Hey, um, you can also get these. I know for sure um, if you want, the, if you like PDFs, you can definitely get these Warlocks uh, for PDF uh, in PDF from the Cobalt Press uh, website. And I'll probably put the link in the show notes uh, to them, their Patreon, and to the Cobalt Press website. All right. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon.